0: Hey guys, this is Jackson from the Editing Bay. Uh, I just wanted to let you guys know, before the episode starts, we had some pretty uh, drastic audio issues uh, during this episode. Specifically with our guest, Elliot McGuire. Uh, His audio fluctuates. It is sometimes perfectly fine, but also sometimes sounds like a long-forgotten transmission from an ancient dead civilization. Uh, we ask that you just bear with us. Uh, we did the best we could to make it listenable. And if there are certain parts in the first half of this podcast where you think to yourself, hmm, Elliot isn't talking a lot, he might have been, uh, we ended up having to cut a lot of his stuff from the first half. But, uh, it all evens out by the time we get to the real meat in the second half of the podcast, so just stick it out for us, and, um, we hope that you enjoy the show. We still really stand by it. Uh, as an episode, but just, you know, uh, we did our best, <laughs> is what I'm trying to say. Podcast. Podcast. Hi, my name is Jackson McMurray.
1: Why did you choose a sound that had no words
0: that in it? <laughs> okay, so look, 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 look. When, I, when we start this podcast, usually we sing a song from the movie, and I say "podcast" <laughs> instead of one of the words. I, yeah, no, I, but, I know. But no, I know there's that. not really any distinct musical cues from this movie, so I just did the weird, the weird music that plays when <laughs> Palpatine and Anakin are talking, <laughs> which At sounds the opera like this. With the sea okay, yeah, it sounds drum. like this. <laughs> podcast. <laughs> Podcast Hi, My name is Jackson Mcmurray.
1: <laughs> my name is
0: Ellie Mcmurray. My name's is Ellie McGuire. And this is No Nerds Allowed. There we go. We've done it. We've finally done it. Good work. Good work. So how are you feeling about the anthem we created
1: today?
0: Look, if you can, if you can come up with a better song for me to sing, I'm <laughs> all ears.
2: Um... I think any amount of chaos is an appropriate amount.
1: <laughs> this particular
0: episode. Elliot, do you want to introduce yourself, plug your Instagram, Twitter, whatever it is, before we begin? Uh, sure.
2: Um, I'm Elliot McGuire, a longtime friend, go way back to the glory days, back in '86, the big mm-hmm. game. Before the That's accident. why they cost the. That's why they cost the Kings.
0: Right, we lost uh, the big game, but our we lost the big forever.
2: game. Uh, they actually didn't cost the Kings. They didn't cost anything. <laughs> 'Cause we were losers.
0: We lost um, the game. Yeah. No, they recognized the strength of our friendship and that who the true kings are the ones who
1: Yeah. Have and then powerful. we entered into that bobsled race, and then we also lost that.
2: We did get juice we did get boxes and bags of juice and milk, respectively. Yeah. <laughs> which was an exciting event. Um Perfect. I don't have anything to plug.
0: Okay, perfect. Yes, same this pack, is indeed Friend of the podcast, brother of Anna Maguire, enemy of the state, Elliot Maguire, on No Nerds Alive for the very first time. And today, we are covering Star Wars Episode 3, Revenge of the Sith, at long last. Okay.
1: The best one.
0: Before we get into
2: it, I... um
0: before we get into it i've been doing a bit not a bit a real segment on our star wars episodes (laughs) where in between or at the beginning i want to cover all of the like interstitial secondary star wars content that exists um and I want to like just do little recaps so we get a, a broader picture of the entire Star Wars mythos, right? This is a one of the harder ones because between episodes <laughs> two and three exists an entire seven season television program, yeah, um, yes, which I which I did watch in preparation, and I am here today to give you a rundown of the entire Clone Wars saga yeah. in. Yeah. Hopefully under a few minutes. Are you guys ready? (laughs) Yep. Okay. So, first things first. Count Dooku, he decides, I want an apprentice of my own that I have kind of under the table. Palpatine doesn't know about him. Saj Ventress, lady, two red lightsabers. That's her deal. Also, Anakin's a regular Jedi now. That means he can have a Padawan. So he does. And her name's Ahsoka Tano. She's an alien, and she has a green lightsaber that she holds backwards. Cool stuff. Anyway clone wars going on jedi out there solving problems there's this one planet called mandalore neutral not part of the clone wars they are a pacifist planet don't have any army or whatever a long time ago they had a big army and they all had boba fett helmets but now they don't anymore the mandalorians they lost them. but now also obi-wan's xgf is the queen um so now there's a small group called Death Watch, and they're like, I miss the good old days when we all had Boba Fett helmets. We have Boba Fett helmets, and we're going to try to bring violence back to Mandalore. Anyway, the lead guy has this cool lightsaber called the Darksaber, just a weird old lightsaber that's black. Um, Ahsoka has a friend. I like don't the way you said black. Uh, I don't care. Ahsoka <laughs> has a friend who's another Padawan named Barriss Afi, and I'm not going to talk about her for a while, but she's going to be relevant later. Okay. <laughs> Count Dooku... Uh, no, not Count Dooku. Sidious finds out about Asajj Ventress, right? And he's like, yo, that's not cool. You can't have your own apprentice. You're already my apprentice. So he's like, Count Dooku, you gotta kill Asajj Ventress. So he tries to do that, but he fails. So then Asajj Ventress goes back to her home planet and reconvenes with her weird cult family. It's the planet Dathomir. So then...
1: There's a bunch of witches there.
0: (laughs) There's a bunch of witches there. So, Asajj Ventress is rightfully mad. So, she brings a couple of witches to Count Dooku's spaceship, tries to kill Count Dooku. She fails. So, she comes up with a new plan, right? She grabs Darth Maul's brother, <laughs> whose name is Savage Opress. He's like Darth Maul, but he's yellow. Um, trains him in the ways of the Sith, right? They team up, except not really. He's like, he's like a sleeper cell, right? The, the the queen of the the people, the queen of the witch people is like, oh, Count Dooku, I heard you were looking for another apprentice. What about this guy? He's Darth Maul's brother. And he's like, that's tight. But then secretly he's aligned with Asajj Ventress, tries to kill him, also fails. So then Savage, Oppress is just like disillusioned, doesn't have any purpose in life. So he's like, I'm going to go try to find Darth Maul. Also, um, Asajj Ventress goes back to the planet and just chills there for a little while. Also, unrelated, Boba Fett is there. He's hanging around. He's like 14, and at age 14, he's already a successful bounty hunter. As um, we all are. Yes. Count Dooku's mad that the witch sisters tried to kill him, so he sends General Grievous to Dathomir, and he totally fucking wipes out like all the witches, like destroys their society, except like for. Which is why there's
1: no witches in Star Wars.
0: <laughs> right. Uh, but the leader is still alive her name is Mother Talzin and Asajj Ventress survives and goes to do her own thing Savage is traveling the universe looking for Darth Maul finds him he's in a cave he's crazy he's still alive he's got robot legs now Uh, he's
1: also a spider for a
0: little bit yeah for a little while he's got like a crazy spider body that's like made out of junk that he made for himself but then Savage takes it back to to Mother Talzin on Dathomir, and they, like, fix him up real good, and now he's, like, a whole guy again. Uh, And then from there, Darth Maul's like, oh, so now that I've got a new lease on life, what I really want to do is I want to kill Obi-Wan Kenobi. So he goes and finds Obi-Wan, tries to kill him, but he doesn't do it. So then Maul is like, hmm, I wonder what I can do now. Well, I'm really mad at pretty much everybody all the time. I'm so horny and angry and I don't have any outlet for it. Then I'm just going to start teaming up with as many crooked underworld organizations as possible and so he like starts building this power base of like organized crime but in addition to that also he teams up with the death watch the boba fett guys from mandalore i was talking about earlier Mm um i'm looking at my notes here asajj ventress (laughs) is a bounty hunter now so that's just what she's doing uh, Darth Maul and his crew, his, like, vast army of criminals, they take over Mandalore by force, and they kill Obi-Wan's XGF. And now Darth Maul is, like, the king of Mandalore. Darth Sidious is like, that is whack. You're supposed to be dead, and I'm going to kill you, and you're drawing attention to yourself now, so I know you exist. Darth Sidious shows up and beats the shit out of Darth Maul kills his brother kills savaggio press and takes darth maul prisoner on his ship then clone wars got canceled so the next part happens in a comic book <laughs> <laughs> um then darth maul is taken prisoner by by um by darth Sidious He's on his ship but then he escapes but in the But he enlists the help of Mother Talzin to help him escape. But then Mother Talzin gets killed by Count Dooku. Anyway, now it's season seven of Clone Wars on Disney Plus. Big revival. Um, Maul got back to Mandalore somehow. I don't know how, but he's back there now. And Ahsoka Tano... uh, Oh, no, wait. I forgot one important thing. Barris Afi, Ahsoka Tano's friend that I mentioned briefly earlier, turns out she hates the Jedi now and she frames Ahsoka Tano for murder. So there's a big trial where they're trying to prove Ahsoka's innocence. And finally, at the end of all of it, they prove that she is innocent, but now she's disillusioned with the Jedi ways. So she decides not to be a Jedi anymore. Then the show gets canceled. Then that comic book happens. Um, So now Maul wants to destroy Sidious, he's been in his pocket the whole time. He knows his whole plan. He knows he's going to ruin the world and create a new empire. And he's like, I don't like that. I'm Darth Maul, and I think that's whack. Uh, So now he is fighting Ahsoka Tano, and he's like, you should join me, because you're not a Jedi now either, and I'm not a Sith anymore. You should join me, and we can we can stop Darth Sidious and like, keep him from creating a galactic empire, and Ahsoka's like, that sounds pretty tight, I'll do that, but then Darth Maul's like, cool, first step, we gotta kill Anakin Skywalker, and she's like, uh, not so on board with that part, and they have a big fight, and that's as far as we're at right now. You're all caught up on Clone Wars, that's everything you need to know.
1: Okay, great. How many minutes was that? 20? I
0: don't think it was that long, it was like three minutes. Six, I'd say. I think I did a very good job.
1: Maybe
0: maybe ten. For seven, for seven seasons, seasons, yes. yes. <laughs> Here's the thing about Clone Wars. There are You can, you can explain, explain it, it, it in six
2: months.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, partially. They there's a lot of stuff that's really cool in it that is like in service of a greater narrative and like a, a continuing story across it. But there's for every episode that's like that, there's like four episodes where it's just like Anakin and Ahsoka go to a planet and solve some kind of conflict. And you're like, okay, that was boring. So, like,
1: <laughs> it's universe, Jackson. It's lore. You're That's want true. Deep lore.
0: And some people really like that. If it were me, though, I would say that there's probably a viewing order where you could pick out like 25 episodes and call it good out of the entire <laughs> seven season career of the show. We're gonna just listen to uh, timestamp Time four thirty two <laughs> and <laughs> right. turn loud true revenge of the Sith episode. Also you true. You get the whole experience. <laughs> well I'm yes. looking
1: at my audio and uh I haven't talked at all this episode. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> what do you think about Revenge of the Sith, Adeline?
1: I've walked in on you watching it several times. It's good. I like it. I like Ahsoka. She's That's got not what fun I said, hair. Adeline.
0: Revenge of the Sith. What did you say? I said Revenge of the Sith. Oh, I wasn't the listening to what you. Movie we're said. talking I just about had a today. Not ready
1: to go, so I thought okay. I would say it. All right. If you to want what to what talk about,
0: about if you want to talk about Clone Wars more, you can do it. I'm just saying I just did that for like eight <laughs> minutes, so it's on you.
1: <laughs> so, Revenge of the Clones. What's this movie called? Revenge of the Sith. It's the best of the prequels. Not good. I would say it's good. I liked it. I. You know what? You know
0: what? I'm going to stick up for this movie. Yeah. We've been on the prequels a lot in this podcast series so far.
1: Mostly because it deserves it, but not yes. this movie. And this
0: movie is not perfect, but I think it kind of rips in its own way, especially compared to the other two.
1: It's got its moments of rippage.
0: It does.
2: I would agree with that. But I I was coming into this thinking that it would need an advocate, but it seems that it already has two.
0: Yes. Do you want to be the bad guy?
2: So, so potentially,
0: I need to be a bad guy. Right. You can be the cad, and we can boo and hiss at you in the audience. Yeah. Okay. Assuming that you're not booing and hissing at us.
2: No. No booing and hissing. Just booing and hissing at the
0: movie
1: well you see from my (laughs) perspective you're the bad guy
0: whoa wow from your perspective the Jedi are evil yeah um okay so I so I mean just to revisit this is a point that I'm gonna go back to a lot I already have many times and I'll I'll make it brief just for the sake of the audience has heard it twice already but I'll just get Elliot up to speed Like, George Lucas is super fucking great at, like, technical nuts and bolts filmmaking, but he has a really mm-hmm. hard time with, like, plot and emotional stakes and, like, telling a coherent story a- sometimes. A story. Uh, which is illustrated by, like, kick-ass sequences, like the big fight and attack of the clones in the Colosseum, or the Pottery sequence, or the Duel of the Fates sequence with... Darth Ball, which all totally mm. rip, but they totally rip in service of a movie that is mostly pointless. Um, I think my big take is that this is absolutely the strongest movie emotionally and the strongest movie thematically. And I, I don't think... I think action-wise, Phantom Menace still has this one beat out by a little bit, but I think I the know. action is pretty stellar across the board in this one, too.
2: It does have a lot of good action. The, the point you bring up about it being emotional, I think that it may, it may feel like it balances out the lack thereof in the rest of the prequels, because yeah. there seems to be a lot of it, though.
0: Right. No, yeah. I was thinking, like, it almost feels like it's for matching function, right? Like, the the story of Revenge of the Sith is about Anakin, who is ostensibly our protagonist, like, finally giving in to his, his feelings and his need as a person mm-hmm. to express himself. And it happens in in the context of two movies that are very much very restrained and very calm and not very outwardly emotional at all. And suddenly mm-hmm. in this yeah. third one... Like, we're suddenly much more sold on the emotional stakes of these events, you know? We we feel mm-hmm. for Anakin a lot more. We're much more inside Obi-Wan's head and what he's feeling. And by the time, like, the big climax happens where Anakin and Obi-Wan are fighting, it's the first time I've felt, like, truly emotionally invested in a big action sequence in these prequels, like, across mm-hmm. all of them. And it's the very final action sequence.
1: Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Because well, I would say that the first two movies kind of aren't about Anakin and Obi Wan Kenobi, which kind right. of sucks because they need to be important and loved. Like in the first movie, it is definitely about Anakin, about getting Anakin like onto the scene of being a Jedi. But like Obi Wan is not in that film. They tell you that he <laughs> is, but he is not. Right, right. And the like the core problem of the movie isn't about them at all. Like, they're doing other things. Like, they're doing political stuff and they're, like, dealing with, like, wars and stuff and then Anakin and Obi-Wan are just there. Mm -hmm. And then I feel like you get that a little bit the same in the second movie, too, where it's like, we are doing other things but Anakin and Obi-Wan are the main players even if the movie isn't about them. Mm -hmm. And then this movie feels like the first movie that's, like, about Anakin and Obi-Wan. And that's great, but it's also the (laughs) last movie. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like I don't know.
0: I My my take in the Phantom Menace episode was basically that the story of the prequels is pretty much just Revenge of the Sith.
1: Yeah, honestly. Like, and, like,
0: honestly. episode one and two are kind of just, like, weird expanded scene setting for, like, the actual event that is the events of Revenge of the Sith, you know?
2: Yeah. Well, I also think that it's, like, it's establishing the amount of political story that has to happen in order for the lack of coherence when it comes to, like the political resolution that happens in revenge of the sith right. in order for that to be passable because the thing is it's like a whole lot happens on the political scale very very quickly and without mm-hmm. a lot but mm-hmm. then we have half of the movie of 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 padme in an apartment being sad and anakin being sad <laughs> in, a, right, in an right. apartment with padme it's true it's and then true. and then and then you have you know Obi-Wan and, and Anakin doing their thing. So I think that yeah, the 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 first two get a lot of the politics out of the way so that there's room for the the emotional investment right. in the third.
0: But see, what I think this movie does well, like all the politics in the first two episodes feel like homework, right? You're yes. like <laughs> like i could not give a shit about this like have, i want somebody to like cut somebody in half like that's what we're here <laughs> for right and yeah like and it feels like this thing that just is this obstacle to your attention like that has to happen in order for you to have the fun you want to have you know
2: mm-hmm.
0: but this movie genuinely i think like the political aspect of it is well written and engaging in and of itself it doesn't feel like homework it's like part of the part of the investment you have in this world, you know. It's mm-hmm. because you it's you're like on the precipice of something falling apart. There's like a consequence that you're dreading. There's an outcome to the political events that are going to affect right. all these characters that you care about. In the other ones, it doesn't feel like there's going to be major consequences. It just feels like if It just feels like politics that you don't care about. It's like, I don't know. I don't, I don't like, I don't care how this turns out, you know?
1: (laughs) Look, there's a struggle with writing the prequels that we know how everything is going to end up, like, no matter what you do. So, like, Mm -hmm. writing, like, writing, like, the descent of politics that leads to a destruction can be really, really, really interesting. But they, they... They do a weird thing with the descent. They make the descent far too slow, too slow to the part that they like. In the Phantom Menace, they like try to tell you that like it's not gonna collapse, and you still know that it is. Like they kind of like they dance around it too much and like don't get to the point quick enough for it to be interesting.
0: Because mm-hmm.
1: like that's like all that Bioshock is, and I love Bioshock. <laughs>
0: Wait, sorry, you lost me with that last part. Can you- <laughs>
1: well, <'cause> Bioshock <laughs> is about watching the descent of a society oh, into like okay. madness and chaos. Okay, okay. Um, Yeah,
0: I think that, like, and it's just, it's weird. I, I think there are certain elements of Attack of the Clones that are important to the overall narrative. But, like, genuinely, if The Phantom Menace just straight up didn't exist, like, as long as you have,
1: like... Oh, hey Padme! A... Remember when we met on a planet when we were kids? Yeah, <laughs> right. Anakin, I do remember that. And then we walked away; we'd be fine. That would be it. Like the
0: things that you need to set up in order for Revenge of the Sith to work on its own are you don't even you don't need anything with Anakin and Padme. Honestly, I don't know why they had to have met as no, kids. No. They could just have met as adults. Whatever.
1: Especially because it's so weird when they meet <laughs> as kids. It's so weird.
0: Um, but like the bits of Episode Two you need are just like oh we're we're about to hit a civil war because of this like seemingly arbitrary political issue that honestly is mostly just a MacGuffin because what the actual conflict about doesn't even matter because there's one person orchestrating the whole thing who's pulling the strings on both sides right, and mm-hmm. the first two movies go so far out of their way to elaborate every every little detail of this conflict and how it came to be for it to basically not ever be relevant right (laughs) like because because that's the thing about a MacGuffin right in in film it's like this thing it's an object that people want right what the object is is completely irrelevant like for example like in Marvel the Infinity Stones are not a MacGuffin because they serve a purpose in the plot right But in like Birds of Prey, that diamond they're trying to track down is a MacGuffin because it doesn't have any direct significance on the events of the film. The only thing that matters is that people want to have it, and that motivates the conflict, right? Um. And I feel like the clone wars in this movie sort of function a lot in the same way. It does not matter what they're fighting about. The point is, is that they both amass these huge armies and then Palpatine's going to flip a switch and suddenly be in control of both of them and just rule the whole world. Like, that's the only thing that we're really trying to get at, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. It's like if in Birds of Prey, there were two other Birds of Prey movies just explaining what was on the diamond, and then Birds of Prey happened, and it was exactly the same, and we never really mentioned what was on the diamond.
1: (laughs) And nothing changes.
0: Yeah. To me, it's very whack. First of all, it's hilarious that in 1982, they decided to cast the decrepit old villain as, like, a 25-year-old dude that they just made up to look old and gross. And it just so happened that when they made the next movies, which were prequels, he was then the appropriate age to play a younger version of his previous character. That's wild. But then also, like, why do they need to provide a backstory for why he looks old and gross. Like, the last yeah. time we saw him old and gross was set, like, 25 in years future. in the future. So I can just surmise that he aged 25 years old and became gross during that time. I don't know why he needs to, like, have a moment where suddenly he changes and becomes this decrepit old man all at once for no reason.
2: Uh, I think, I bet, think, I I you know, you know, it it they want to show, uh, show you the, 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 the horrible effects of power yeah i guess know, that's better because it's cause like totally you know over 25, 25 years who knows, who knows considering, considering how he, he looked like it, like might look it might not terrible, look terrible you know especially, he especially if he can save, him save himself from, from death He's doing
0: yeah i mean look we've said it before and we'll say it again palpatine can kind of get it in the prequels it's true fashion was on point it was Everyone's saying, here. "What's up with Rise of Skywalker? How come Palpatine fucks?" I'll tell you how come. It's because he could kind of get it in the prequels. This is my stance. I will not back down from it. I'm sorry, Elliot. You can continue your point. No, that's
2: That was on it. One. I don't think <laughs> the same to say, there's, there's no nothing else to say it. about
1: it. Well, but <laughs> if you want to talk about like the like a physical like a physical representation of like the corruption of power, I'm all down for that imagery. But that's not even what it is, though, because he's like he's zapping Mace Windu, and uh, Mace Windu goes, "No, you actually." And then he's zapping <laughs> himself, kind of, and then he gets all gross and weird. But then he just zaps Mace Windu again, and Mace Window 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 looks exactly the same still. Mace so Windu I just don't know what's in that scene. Then he falls out the window, out the window. <laughs> yeah. Maybe it's like, if you, if you electrocute yourself, you get gross. Maybe those are the rules. (laughs) Well, that's the
0: old, the old saying, he who lives in a glass house shouldn't shoot force lightning around.
1: Abraham Lincoln said that. One of the things that
0: I think is really interesting about this movie is just that it, so like Attack of the Clones was the first movie, the first major movie ever shot completely with digital cameras, right? And it
1: looks like it. And it
0: looks awful. Um, Part of the reason is because with digital cinematography, excuse me, digital cinematography, I was about to say something that sounded very smart, but then I said digital cinematography and it completely (laughs) undercutted what I was about to say. So I'm going to start once more so I
1: can
0: can maintain my composure. The thing about digital cinematography is that there's this effect you can create that you can't do with film where just everything in the entire shot is completely in focus. Like, when you're doing a close-up, Anakin Skywalker's face is just as in focus as the sand dunes behind him, right? And if you're not doing that conscientiously, it looks super bad. But, this, and that's something that they do a lot in Attack of the Clones, and it's really distracting and looks super bad. It
1: looks really bad.
0: Um, But, I think they're deploying it a lot more conscientiously in this movie, Whenever part of the visual language of this movie is that there are a lot of just like wide shots that just let you take in the entire set and scenery around mm-hmm. them, even if it's mostly computer generated. <laughs> but like it's it's very much it really wants to show you the world as it can mm-hmm. show you the world shining, shimmering, splendid, as Aww. much as. Possible, It wants to, like, put as much production design in your eyeballs as it can. And part of that is utilizing that infinite depth of field. When you're on uh, Mustafar and there's this wide shot of, of, like, Obi-Wan and Anakin squaring off, you can see, like, the volcanic eruptions in the background just as clearly as you can see Obi-Wan and Anakin standing closer to the camera. Mm-hmm. When you're in that uh, Starfighter battle at the very beginning, which rules, by the way... You, you, you can, can see the whole see, fleet. Yeah, like there's that shot yeah. right at the beginning where they sort of like come over the edge of that Republic Star Destroyer or whatever it's called. Mm-hmm. And suddenly you see like everything below them. There's like layers and layers of like space battle going on underneath. And you can see the whole thing like equally as crisply as you can see whatever is closer to the camera. And it works super well. Um, and they're also very careful to not do that when you're just shooting regular coverage, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Which is the thing that Attack of the Clones didn't quite understand. Like
1: when we're sat in an apartment, we don't need to know all the details on the right. tapestry behind us.
0: Precisely. Yes. But well, exactly. I, but
2: sometimes you do see a lot of the you see the the city backdrop.
0: Right. Yeah. Uh, That's true.
2: But it's not as overwhelming. I guess totally. it's more of like a lo fi hip hop
0: remix kind of.
1: <laughs> yeah. Vibes. Yeah. Goes uh,
0: Has anybody done mm. that yet? Because I feel like you can make a lot of money off of lo fi Star Wars hip hop with like Coruscant out the window.
2: Oh, I can imagine. I wouldn't be surprised.
0: That's got to. You guys keep talking.
2: I'm going to check and see if that exists. TMTMTM. TM, TM, TM. Yeah. This is
1: what what's interesting to me about the use of cgi in this movie is that they're like equally like being smarter about using it and balancing it out with real life and sometimes that's really effective and sometimes that's just it looks like garbage like i'm very very mm-hmm. happy that all of like the chewbacca costumes are like real guys in costumes Oh yeah. but when it's real guys in costumes in front of just a hundred percent cgi it just makes the costumes look really bad it makes the cgi look really bad it's just yeah. a bad decision
0: oh i'm vibing right now this rules <laughs> <laughs> this guy's sampled the sound of darth vader breathing <laughs> over a lo-fi mo- oh, hip-hop impressive. beat oh man is the, this is,
2: is going to in head. the background is there an like an anime girl sitting anime padme
0: being sad on her couch
1: <laughs> Anime pregnant, anime.
0: If I were doing it, that's how I would capitalize on it. But this is just a picture of of Luke and Darth Vader fighting from uh, Empire Strikes Back. But the lightsabers are like a little bit animated, so there's some motion to it. And oh. it like has like film grain on it, so it's like super aesthetic, nice. you know? Nice.
2: You can, Describe you can put more
0: lo hip hop beats. Yeah, well, I'm just going to leave this on and I'm going to have my own chilled out vibe for the rest of the podcast.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: Every time they, like, sample, ooh, every time they, like, sample the sound of a lightsaber noise or something, it, like, hits me, like, deep down in my core. Okay. So, anyway. So, while you're
2: nice and chilled
1: Jackson, out. Jackson, I need you to turn that off.
0: <laughs> um, okay. All right, all right. Uh, oh, man, so into this. Okay, so if we're gonna go through the, the flick, I, I want to call more attention to the sequence at the beginning. Which is completely, like, it's, I remember uh, Adam Savage's podcast, he, there was one episode where he went in length, or he talked at length about that opening sequence, and about how, like, it should be completely unreadable. Like, it (laughs) should be just, like, incomprehensible to watch, but, like, it is Mm -hmm. staged and, like, put together so conscientiously, because, like, Like I said, this is the thing that George Lucas is best at is like making these things make sense. And it's like this big, long extended action sequence that takes place in a vacuum where there is no up or down, but somehow it still is completely understandable and followable, you know, which I think is not at all an easy task.
1: Because George Lucas is really good at making the shit he wants to do make sense.
0: Right, totally. Totally. I mean visually at least, maybe not yeah <laughs> on paper everything
1: else is out the window, but it looks good <laughs> um <Jackson. laughs> okay,
0: Elliot this is a um this is a a contentious uh uh topic on this podcast.
1: Hmm. What
0: are your thoughts on um what r two d two should be able to do? oh wow
2: <laughs> i so uh, and I don't know what your what your opinions are. I think <laughs> perhaps in Revenge of the Sith, R2-D2 is a young strapping lad <laughs> who can achieve a great many things in combat to battle droids <laughs> alone, and he simply grows old oh, um, okay. oh. and becomes a fat, lazy, useless <laughs> noise machine.
0: So he's a little more haggard in the original series, Is your is your theory. Yeah
2: that is my theory because That's... i think that he's yeah he's an agile young droid with <laughs> with fun new features that he's he knows how to use. He's doing way too
0: much. Yeah. My um, favorite is when Obi-Wan throws a lightsaber at him and he catches it. <laughs> which is a really unsettling thing to witness,
1: <laughs> which i don't i don't like that. <laughs> See my Again,
2: take... he's he's eager to use his to, to use his power. <laughs>
0: My take is just that R2-D2 should not be doing anything besides rolling around and sticking his little robot penis in walls and telling the (laughs) protagonist where stuff is on a spaceship. And often swearing at C-3PO. Those are the three things he's allowed to do.
1: Why is C-3PO never in any Star Wars movie? (laughs) He's just not in any of them. And I think we've all just, like, as a society convinced ourselves that C-3PO is in Star Wars, but I don't think he is. Right.
0: It's because he can shut up. Yeah. (laughs) I love... Okay. So the prequels have such a loose grasp on C-3PO as a whole. Yes. Much has has been said about the fact that the fact that Anakin built C-3PO doesn't make any goddamn sense whatsoever. But also, in this movie, there's that moment when Order 66 has just been executed and everything is falling to shit around everyone. And Padme's Mm -hmm. like... This is insane. I don't know what I'm going to do. Like everything is falling apart and I I don't know. I don't know what to do. I'm drowning. And C-3PO's like, "Oh, I think it's probably okay. I think things will probably turn out just fine." It's like, have you seen Star Wars? Like that is not what C-3PO says. I assume he has
2: an internet connection and he can view the atrocities <laughs> that are being is, committed like- against countless people across the across the galaxy.
0: Right. And C-3PO is just like, oh, I've no. calculated the odds of success, and I say that they're one in one. I think we're probably pretty okay. <laughs> here's so my, I've, got,
2: here's, I've got
1: pretty good odds. I've got a great feeling about this. Here's yeah.
2: my theory about the droids. I think that one of the core components of the prequels is... It is a story of adolescence for R2D2 and C3PO because think about it you have R2D2 who is who is young and enterprising and and has cool tricks that he wants to he's use full he, of oil. he wants to show off he has so much oil inside
0: he's young dumb and full of oil
2: and C3PO has become edgy C- C- yes, C3PO is, is struggling to find his identity, but he, he's, he's an edgy, he's an edgy, misunderstood teen who says who's trying to crack a joke and say, "Oh yeah, everything's fine, even though he's seeing the younglings being slaughtered mercilessly <laughs> yeah. by the the, 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 yes, by the husband of the woman to which he is speaking. You, um. you
0: you are somehow the second consecutive guest on this podcast to characterize C-3PO in the most batshit way I've ever heard. <laughs> Last episode, Kijis said that C-3PO was a swashbuckling rogue that she wants to have <laughs> sex with. And now you have posited that C-3PO is an edgy teenager who his parents just don't understand. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah. No, I get it, I
1: get it. All right,
0: fine. He's not an annoying butler. (laughs) No, well, he becomes that. I think after After he realizes
2: that no no one one understands his... His cheeky humor. humor. Mm. Uh, He stops trying. He stops trying. Or he becomes hardened to it and that's all he does. And so from there on he's like, Screw these humans. I'm gonna act like a stupid butler for the rest of my life and make them suffer. (laughs) It's just because because that's the identity that they chose to assign me with, even though that's not
0: who I am. Wow, that's pretty deep, Elliot. That's a take I can get behind.
1: My favorite thing about these movies. Of regarding C3PO, is how I have no idea who owns either R2D2 or C3PO. Because that's like a part of A New Hope that like R2D2 is like going back to his master and that's Obi Wan. And at no point in the entire prequel does R2D2 ever belong to Obi Wan. No, no one owns them. them. They're, they're, they're teenagers. No, and they're, teens. They're, they're independent young women. Yeah, they're exactly. street youths. Exactly. <laughs> they're feral <laughs> um, children.
0: Well, no, R2-D2... R2-D2 belongs to Anakin. Uh, But C-3PO, I guess, belongs to Padme? And here, Elliot's audio gets pretty unsalvageable, but he asks if R2-D2 can remember who Anakin is. Well, part of the swath of uh, extracurricular... Canon items that have come out of Rise of Skywalker by oh executives God. at Lucasfilm just saying things um, yeah. has been that uh, apparently R two D two and C three P O have never been memory wiped. They remember all Wait. of the Skywalker saga. No, no. But so at
1: the end of this movie. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's They're just like, what they said. That's the canon explanation for this whole okay, thing. Okay, have they... Have they,
2: have they, have they, have they
0: viewed view the
1: <laughs> No! No! They did Definitely not watch not. Last Jedi, and that is a fact.
0: <laughs> Super quick, I have to interrupt you. I need to take a phone call, and it might be a job. Okay, Hello? okay, good okay, good okay
1: cool.
0: <laughs> Hello?
2: What kind what of implications, implications does it have on the... the... Audio well, and you uh, know, how he, how he, he should, we be should be completely uh, right. uh,
1: I think he'll just edit this out later. I think. Unless we're funny right now, right. then I don't know. <laughs> well, let's well, listen, let's in listen in to the conversation and let's. Uh, yeah, uh, <laughs> this interact. will be. He's dropping on Jackson. It's very
0: interesting. Uh, so I haven't heard- remind me NBR is the like, driver's report? Yes.
2: yes. Yes, yes, we need. Uh, we need to... I should have sent that email. Please don't cut me, me, uh, me off. If it I was never explaining. went through, I can send it to email.
0: It's
1: not looking good.
0: Yeah, totally. What email
1: address should I send it to? Uh, not You're not getting it. www.google.com. Yes, hello. I am the owner of Google and, uh, I, I've gotten your application, and uh, I don't think you have the qualifications to take over my position at this time. Perfect, that is. But I would
2: love to, to wipe okay. your memory and make you my robot butler.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And we're going to keep doing that so that you forget the process of aging over and over again. So you're just a child forever. That it's written clearly in the application. I hope you read it. C-3PO, the whole thing. your wit is
2: too powerful for mortals to bear
1: we have to, he has to be nerfed or he's going to fight That's god D-A-C, D-A-C. <laughs>
2: exactly or maybe he has to be nerfed because he'll become okay, as powerful I I as his creator
0: there. did you guys yeah. not get any and of then my he'll start C-3 C3PO okay, you, was intended
2: okay. to be a sith lord uh-huh. now we're getting somewhere
1: but he keeps forgetting
2: <laughs> but he keeps forgetting his okay. mission but Where's every you? time see anakin planted a sequence in him that if he's alone long enough He'll become He'll a fully trained Sith Lord.
1: He keeps finding photos that he's written. And he looks in the mirror and it's written, <laughs> Don't forget who you are. And he's like, who wrote this here?
2: He keeps finding weird sparkling okay, places so throughout much. the world. And when he stands on them, he has visions of his yeah. past. And he records them and
0: pieces well, them together.
1: Remember, you have all timers. Who keeps writing this?
0: I'm so sorry um, to interrupt you, Elliot. Elliot. <laughs> My phone started job? rigging. Uh yeah, kind of. Uh I was already hired at Domino's, but they were taking a super long time to get back to me and do my orientation and stuff. But they Shame. just called me just now and were like, Hey, uh turns out we didn't get any of your documents. Can you send them again? So that's why. Mm-hmm. Um were you guys podcasting while I was gone or were you just waiting? I don't we um podcasting. I don't know if we need to, <laughs> I don't guessing. know if we need
2: to revisit the points that were brought <laughs> okay. up.
0: All right, I guess I'll just make an executive decision in post. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, okay, w- where are we at?
1: Uh, C-3PO continually gets his memory ripe- wiped. Right, right, right. Um, what was part two? <laughs>
0: <laughs> I love that moment where, um, at <laughs> the very beginning, when, like, Obi-Wan says, like, R2's something-something, and Anakin's like, don't. Obi-Wan's like what I didn't say anything he's like just don't just don't he's doing his best like (laughs) they've had this conversation about Obi-Wan bullying R2-D2 like one too many times
1: yeah well that whole scene makes me laugh because you've got this great rapport going between Obi-Wan and Anakin that's like really nice it's like it's just like the end result of like the like development that we've had in their relationship and now they're like they're kind of equals and like they can pal around a little bit it's really nice so we have them having fun in the elevator, and then we cut to R2-D2, spilling oil over the place and tasering (laughs) other robots and falling 150 feet vertically into a pile of dead droids. It's like, (laughs) there's a lot. It's a lot. Crushing people with elevators, it's a lot.
2: I think it's it's the action that we've been waiting for for so long.
1: For R2-D2.
2: From R2-D2. From R2-D2 specifically r2d2 two, R- always wanted to be a battle droid
1: i've just been waiting for r2d2 to snap and i'm glad that i get to finally see it on camera <laughs>
0: exactly I'm, uh, oh i'm getting a, another phone call i'm so sorry
1: I'm
2: goodness gracious <laughs> what a mess
1: hello
2: hi hey can yeah. you guys stop calling me
1: I'm in the middle of a podcast about a Star Wars film that came out like 10 years ago. Really okay. topical. Uh, really uh, yes, on perfect.
0: trend. Is that, um, uh, which
1: location is that going to be at? In space. Perfect. Okay. okay. I, um, I want to take a my drink my of Dr. Pepper so, so that I can be gross and have another recording Sip it. Sip like
2: it. Yeah. <laughs> 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 you know what we should have done? What? Just made a lot of horrible noises. Sorry. Okay. Sorry. Sorry. Him we'll him do uh, the next phone call. Really next good. Chance. Yeah.
0: Uh, I'm yeah. excited to listen back to this footage and see what you guys are up to while I'm, <laughs> while I'm networking, making money, getting jobs,
1: getting connections.
0: Um, I was did just your, gonna get your
1: new manager at Domino's to be on the podcast. That
0: would rule. I would be so into that. <laughs> <laughs> um. Anyway, I was gonna say I'm mad. Look, like, I've been saying this for a long time. I was so sure that C-3PO was going to just bust loose and start shooting people in Rise of Skywalker. Like, the way the trailers were set up, I was so positive Mm -hmm. that C-3PO was going to snap and his eyes were going to turn red and he was going to turn into a (laughs) killing machine, finally. Um, But he didn't. And R2-D2's been doing that for six movies now. Yeah, why like, hasn't he had his R2-D2 moment? Why hasn't C-3PO <laughs> gotten a chance? And I keep telling myself that Star Wars isn't over, and it still might happen someday, but it C-3-P-O, just... c
1: 3 a Star Wars story. It
0: just feels <laughs> like Rise of Skywalker was the time, and they didn't do it.
1: It's because yeah. Rise of Skywalker didn't have the courage to do anything. <laughs> God. i am saying if they weren't cowards, they would have had C-3PO snap.
0: Right. Um, but there was, I,
1: I look, I, I can't
0: keep doing this because I've said this so many times on this podcast. But yes, there was that first poster they came out with when it had C3PO holding Chewbacca's crossbow on it. But to my knowledge, that doesn't happen in the film,
1: so he was yeah. obviously it was in very the
0: misleading. works. At some point. At some point, C-3PO was going to just drop somebody. mm -hmm.
1: But also on that poster, it had all the Knights of Ren on it, too. And everyone got really excited about that. And then the Knights of Ren uh, were not in the film, except for Kylo Ren to kill at the end.
2: But they were in it, though. They were there. They sucked, but they were there. Well,
1: C-3PO was there, and Chewbacca's gun (laughs) was there. And they so, were just never together.
0: I don't think this is a valid argument. <laughs> you
1: mean? I'm making some amazing points. <laughs> I see no uh, flaws.
0: I I love that moment. where Like, it's so weird. Because George Lucas is such a weird filmmaker in the sense that, like, when he really gets going on something that's cool and interesting, it's, like, mind-blowingly exciting. And then he just, like, sometimes he just, like, kind of ruins it a little bit. <laughs> like like Jar Jar like Jar Jar Binks is a great example but yeah. like there's that moment like after so they have that fight with General Grievous' guards right it's this big prolonged fight sequence and mm-hmm. they have that fight with Count Dooku and they kill him it's this big thing and then they have this extended sequence where they're like trying to escape the the uh, the ship they're trying to get out of there alive with Emperor Palpatine and then like all at once then they're just like now they're trapped and like the music stops and everything stops so they just stand there and they're like, oh and no. And
1: everyone says something funny. <laughs>
0: yeah, and you're like, oh, just stop. Just totally stop. All the fun I was having just stopped immediately. Like, <laughs> there is no continuation of energy from this point. Just everything hit a fucking brick wall immediately. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, but it,
2: yeah. So would you have preferred <laughs> it just it continue until they were out, until they made it, just ride the storm until they were free
0: well it's not necessarily um because or wait what happens at the end of that sequence they escape right or do they get
1: no, I they didn't... get taken to where General Grievous is, and then they have that fight with General Grievous. Oh, okay, Grievous. okay. Yeah. And then, they, too, and then they, they pilot the ship into the... the ground.
0: Right. No, that's what makes it weird. It's not even that. If it were the end of the action, that would be one thing. But, like, the a sequence like this is built on continuing momentum, like, of energy through all these different scenarios. And mm. in between two big high-energy things, you insert 30 seconds of Basically, silence with three people just standing and looking at each other, <laughs> and it like totally resets your sense of momentum. You know, um, only well, to then yeah. go
1: directly into another action scene. Right.
2: Maybe they, yeah. Well, maybe they had to defuse because they knew that they couldn't, they couldn't continue the build in the next scene, mm. because there was a lot of build that happened. But if you go back down, then it's kind of lame. But if you restart then you then you have more of an excuse to like right. okay, now we build again and and then and then have like the climax right,
0: and like a seven a plane. seven feels better if it's coming from a zero than if it's coming from an eight, exactly, <laughs> yes, that's maybe that's oh, fair
1: wow. that's um smart.
0: I also want to talk about my favorite thing about this movie, I think, is just this broad sort of thematic idea about like the unnatural continuation of life, right. Like not only not only mm. is sort of one of the major plot points about Palpatine speaking about using the force to continue your life and stay alive at all costs and mm. uses it to, to uh, tempt Anakin, but also in keeping with that, one of the main antagonists, General Grievous, is like this horrifying husk of an android who's basically like a heart and a brain in a crazy robot body who's mm-hmm. just, like, sickly and disgusting, <laughs> like... he has he's... asthma. Yeah, and he's, like, gone to such incredible lengths to just keep himself alive that he's turned himself into a monstrosity, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think the same can be said for Darth Vader at the end, you know? Mm-hmm. He got, like, all chopped up into bouillon cubes, but, <laughs> like, they still, like, put him back together and stitched him all up and made him a guy, but now he's, like, this, like, Horrible man in this eternal casket that he can never escape from, you know. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think there's also something to be said about like the Jedi Order, like this huge thing coming to an end, but this thing that has become slowly corrupt and sickly, and maybe you sort of like have to ask if it's time to put it out of its misery or if it should be husk of
1: its former self, yeah,
0: or if it should be continued and tried to be fixed up and turned into. Darth Vader or General Grievous you know um, I think it is a like su- surprisingly coherent thematic idea for a George Lucas movie <laughs> <Yeah. That's tough.
1: laughs> especially a George Lucas prequel film right? yeah it's I I think this movie is effective at like having callbacks to the A New Hope and I feel mm. like sometimes they're really effective and sometimes they're heavy handed and stupid I think this movie gets a, goes a little too ham with, like, the PowerPoint transitions. Like,
0: <laughs> Yeah, okay. So let's talk about this.
1: Because in... the, classic, the classic Star Wars transition is that, like, stupid fade from right to mm-hmm. left. That's just, like, that stripe that goes across. But there's several points where there's fades in this movie where it's, like, six different sections of the screen, like, all do yeah. that fade at once. <laughs> and it looks like a PowerPoint that you made in middle yeah. school when you first figured the out one... you could do that.
2: The one that catches me the most off guard is when Obi Wan's sneaking around, uh, ready to go and fight General Grievous, um, and he's sneaking up in those rafters, and he's like looking down at the at the you know the Separatist leaders who are all like talking, and like mm-hmm. trying to decide what to do about the clones and stuff, and they it's just four black squares, from <laughs> the four quadrants of the screen fill right. out. Yeah. and then it and then it fades into another sequence and it's really it's it's almost alarming because you have right. no idea that you're going to be seeing four rectangles appear you there. really
1: think
0: your tv's broken at that point yeah yes and like they're doing like clock wipes and like yeah it's just it's insane they're going way too far one of the yeah. things that i think force awakens does incredibly well is that it goes out of its way to sort of dispense with the visual language of the original movies, right? Mm-hmm. Because the original movies were made in fucking 1970 whatever when mm-hmm. like that was cutting edge, you know. I'm mm-hmm. exaggerating yeah. obviously, but it's like that that was sort of more acceptable when it came to when it came to like a natural feeling in movies. But yeah. then George Lucas when he went back for the prequels 30 years later, Decided to, like, ignore the 30 years of progress we'd made in in cinema. Not necessarily that, like, wipes are bad and we've, like, evolved past the need for wipes. But, like, that it just do- it makes it feel immediately odd and dated to just do that unironically in a big blockbuster yeah. movie in 2007, you know? And the thing that I think is smart about Force Awakens and what J.J. J. Abrams did there was that he was, like... No, fuck that. Like, these last movies, they've Mm -hmm. been doing the same weird transitions with the same visual language. And I'm just not going to do that, because it feels weird and it draws attention to itself now, you know? Mm -hmm. He finds Mm -hmm. a way to be reverent with the the content of the movie while being comfortable enough to sort of dispense with the old ways of, like, how they were stitched together, you know? Mm
1: -hmm.
2: I think it has more noticeable of a difference than people realize, too. Mm Mm-hmm. And I think that's why a lot of people just kind of feel like, oh, this doesn't really feel like a Star Wars movie, and it's because you don't see four squares appearing <laughs> right. on your screen and a clock wipe squares. to go to the next scene.
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: do they? I don't even think they do like clock wipes or anything in any of the other ones besides this one. No,
1: and the original one, I think they only do like the left to right swipe, and maybe like a a, a top to bottom swipe, but that's right. like it. Mm-hmm. We'll
0: have to keep an eye out. We were covering the we other ones, them,
1: yeah, for those juicy transitions. <laughs> um,
2: because it feels like it's it's just in all of the old ones now, because it just poisons oh, yeah. the mind,
0: right? Yeah. Um, okay, I'm gonna do a quick. I'm gonna do a quick list of things in this movie that rule, just super quick. I don't have any broader points yep. about it. I just want to point them out. <laughs> They're uh, just good. Dryden Voss, stripey head guy with weird teeth, rules. That Great. crazy lizard monster that Obi Wan rides around on. Rules, General Grievous. These fun sounds. General Grievous just in general rules, and that crazy weird car with legs that's a circle that also rolls that General Grievous pilots around rules. Roll Everything about that surreal. whole sequence just is. It's, it's great. It's, I love it's it. It's
2: insane. It's crazy. <laughs> it's
1: so
0: much fun. <laughs> is that your impression of me, Elliot? You're in a
2: big jungle hole, and <laughs> you have. All these tears and a big lizard with a boy on it, and then a skeleton robot man in a hamster wheel with legs. (laughs) You can't get better than that.
1: You You can't can't get better than that.
0: What's better than this? Nothing. Um, (laughs) I think that... And, like, I also just want to point out that, like, the whole sequence where Obi-Wan and General Grievous are fighting totally rules. It's, like... I don't know, it's so interesting, like, that bit where like he his like arms like detach from each other and like split into oh, yeah. four for the very first time is like yeah. so it's like mind blowing when you see it for the first yeah. time you're like holy shit and it's like four lightsabers he starts spinning them around in crazy windmills on his like yeah. joint hands and just like scuffing up the ground like coming towards him like a horrible sawmill and you're like oh my god oh my god this is
1: insane Like my favorite part about that though is that right before he does that dope thing he's like Count Dooku taught me this and then he proceeds to do something that we've never seen Count Dooku do even a semblance of doing I don't think Count Dooku can rotate his hands in a 360 degree motion
2: That said I think we miss out on a lot of um, really any interaction between Dooku and Grievous in the context of training You also have to keep in mind though Grievous isn't a Sith; he's just a nice. robot with, and he just, has he lightsabers.
1: Just a guy who's got lightsabers. Yeah, but I think yeah.
2: because he has four arms and they can spin fast, he is a <laughs> worthy adversary.
0: Right. Um, yeah. No, that's something that um, Clone Wars is interesting because, like, of all the things that you feel like you would want to explore, it, it it's weirdly restrictive in the sense that, like. It's not like filling out the world and like showing fun character moments of like characters you already know. Most of the time, it's just kind of Anakin or Obi Wan or Ahsoka or somebody goes on an adventure, you know, like mm-hmm. and it's really episodic. And I don't I don't mean to be too reductive because basically, sort of the idea of the show is that a lot of the time they're like wrestling with weirdly complicated moral ideas and like Mm -hmm. they're dealing with like genuine political problems with no easy answers and they're like interacting in that sort of space which is really interesting for a show that was airing on Cartoon Network you know but (laughs) at the same time it's just it's very episodic and kind of repetitive it's like check out this world Admiral Ackbar is in this one isn't that crazy and you're like okay but like you know you want to see yeah you want to see like General Grievous you want to know what his deal is what was he doing before Mm -hmm. when did he like who were those other Jedi he killed when did he learn how to use a lightsaber like what's his relationship with Count Doom and they just never really, they don't feel the need to expound on that very much.
2: I think it was a, miss, a missed opportunity for a lot of development.
0: Right. Um. I, okay, so uh, there is one other thing I, oh shoot, one second.
2: What, like one oh. other thing? That rules?
0: (laughs) No. I mean, there's plenty of things that rule. But um, what I wanted to say was I think to me, one of the biggest failings of this movie is when, like, there's this whole, there's this weird sense of dread this whole movie where it seems like the Jedi are kind of trying, like, starting to realize that, like, something's super not right and shit's about to hit the fan, but they can't put their finger on exactly what it is, right? And, like, there's that moment when Anakin finds out that. Uh, Palpatine is Darth Sidious which should be like basically like what he's discovering is that the entire mm. war they've been fighting was for naught Thousand billions upon billions of people have died for essentially mm. no reason and they are completely fucked there is no way they can win the war their society is going to end right that's what that revelation mm. is is implying you know mm-hmm. and there are like three scenes after that where Anakin says that to people and they're like Oh no. That sounds pretty bad, huh? We should probably deal with that. And you're like, I don't feel like this is given the dramatic weight that it deserves, you know. Yeah. Um I think when he tells Count Dooku about it or not Count Dooku, when he tells Mace Windu about it, Mace Windu's like, hmm, I should definitely I should definitely call the council and we should definitely talk about that it's yeah. like uh i mean you're right i guess but also like your society just got ruined like yeah
2: it's not a oh okay i'll follow up with uh like on an email after right. the call kind of thing it's right, it's yeah. more of like a we need to we need to we need to hop on a call right now <laughs>
1: yeah, because this I'll is send an it absolute... to the group chat and we'll see who responds <laughs> this is a complete
0: right, yeah. and utter disaster um and you know and it sort of builds up like the whole order 66 thing is like really genuinely emotionally affecting and yeah like it it does build up to that and you do eventually once it gets there like feel the weight of this horrible awful like upheaval of everything that this world stands for you know but Mm -hmm. it's like this weird ramp up to it that feels like weirdly subdued in a way that's hard to explain (laughs) Yeah. yeah, well, because
1: I think they want that to be the the high point of it, is Order 66, so right. we can't, if they're trying to subdue the beats before it to make that one seem like the most important beat, but then beats that are also incredibly important are kind of toned down in order to not, like, compete with each other. Right.
0: See, what I would do, if it were me, and this is not as, obviously, easier said than done, but... If it were me, I would have it, like, show that revelation. They find out, like, Anakin finds out. He tells Mace Windu. And suddenly it becomes this, like, frenzy of, like, they figure out what's about to happen. And they're desperately trying to, like, get Jedi away from clone troopers, do anything Mm -hmm. to stop this from happening. But no matter what they do, it still ends up happening. Like, you have this, like, buildup of something that you're trying to prevent and then it finally happens and there's nothing you can do about it. It was too late from the beginning. (laughs)
2: Yeah, Instead I was about of, to say like having having a sequence cuz I think it's one thing to just have a sequence where okay, they're they're on the battlefield and then all the clones shoot them. But it's another thing yeah. to be like they hear or they like they receive news somehow and they they have to figure out some way to like they have to run or flee or try to like kill clones or so, like do do anything they can to survive right. and then mm-hmm. they get overpowered because in in a lot of and I know there are a few who like, yeah, they, they, they deflect a few shots and they um and they, you know, do what they can, but those those are all very they're they're just short and, and, and fast. I right. think it would give it a mm-hmm. lot more weight. I think it'd also make it more emotional because it's like, Oh my gosh, they are like struggling for their lives and they're in right. an absolute state of panic right. rather mm-hmm. than just like, Oh, you're all dead. You're right are dead.
0: Because it is it's a genocide, like a culture is Literally. coming to an end, you know? Mm-hmm. And it like it, it just feels they feel like blasé yeah. about it. People are
2: walking. <laughs> the people who are safe are walking through their spaceship right, to try yeah. to get the word out. They're not sprinting <laughs> they're not running. to try yeah. and get people away from the Jedi Temple. They're they're like, We should probably send out a transmission <laughs> soon.
1: We should tell somebody about this. Yeah. I also think
0: that like the whole sequence on Kashik with the Wookies and Yoda is like mostly mm-hmm. kind of pointless. Doesn't really need to be there. Like, like I like Wookies as much as the next guy, but like if we just d- d- we didn't really need to check up on Yoda. I feel like you know. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I, yeah.
2: I think it was to get it was to get Yoda away to a place mm-hmm. where he would be able to find out and get away safely. Right. Without, like, being, without being present, but without being in, like, immediate, immediate danger.
0: Right, yeah. But at the same time, there's, like, this whole action oh, yeah. sequence. And it's, like, in service. You don't even really know what's going on. It's just, like, the Zepardists are attacking! Attacking what? Where? The okay, yeah. they're the bad guys, though. We, they're the, we gotta stop the bad guys. <laughs> you're like, okay, sure, fine, whatever. Um, what,
1: you want there to be bad guys, Jackson? <laughs> I didn't realize uh, you were pro bad guy.
0: And my last my last sort of like big picture take about this is that this movie is really awkward about its parallel action, you know, when it's cutting back and oh, forth yeah. between multiple things. Mm-hmm. Because it's when you're doing something like that, like when you're doing it really well, it's like the third act of Phantom Menace, right? You've got like four things that are happening simultaneously and you're cutting back and forth between them and they all are functioning at the same like energy level you know you're Mm -hmm. switching from padme running around getting shot at to anakin in the speeder to obi-wan and qui-gon fighting darth maul and they're all these Mm -hmm. like exciting action sequences happening at the same time but in this movie it's like the biggest most exciting lightsaber duel ever obi-wan and anakin on a volcano planet and you're cutting between that and Yoda crawling around in a vent and you're like, <laughs> it's not quite like you can't quite continue the momentum of the, yeah. of the sequence between these two things. you go from Obi-Wan you
1: know? and General Grievous also having an amazing awesome right. fight to just like Anakin and Emperor Palpatine like having a conversation. Even though it's like, an yeah. intense conversation.
2: But it's like a a qu- it's, a, it's a quiet it's a quiet chat.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: <laughs> it's not a yeah, it's not an extremely intense duel. Mm-hmm. With extra lightsabers yeah and then (laughs) a skeleton
1: drives a hamster wheel off of a cliff and then we go back to a a nice chat with grandpa yeah
2: (laughs) that's a good point i hadn't really thought about that but it definitely does not match pace and it doesn't help that you go from well maybe that's the point of the crazy transitions is to is to reset your focus so that Maybe. you can transition into a chat with Grandpa after just seeing an intense lightsaber duel. You're like, oh, what were those squares? Oh, now our, you know it's Grandpa time.
1: Oh, okay, Grandpa. <laughs> it's oh, Grandpa time.
2: Yeah. <laughs> but
1: what the prequels do a lot, which none of the other movies do, is that they're really into uh, making uh, like sickly old men do crazy backflips, and <laughs> it never looks good. It always looks like CGI skateboard Grandpa. <laughs> and but they keep doing it every time count dooku does a backflip i'm like i don't believe that every time emperor palpatine does a backflip i don't believe that yoda gets yeah. a pass because he's a weird little green man he's but like, a little agile keep, boy they keep making grandpa do his like crazy x game shit and i just don't think they can do that
0: it's like the yeah. six flags commercial where they have the guy in old age makeup running around and doing a dance or whatever that's what it feels like yeah.
2: remember yeah. that <laughs> I think that I'd say the most when he when he lunges from the chair uh, to attack the Jedi who are who have come to arrest him. Um, mm-hmm. I think that's one of the most out of place movements <laughs> yeah. that happens ever. It does because that it's weird, so, in all like, times. It's, so Im- it's so impractical. It's right. so impractical. He and he, he screams in in such a way. It's like. If you launched yourself at someone like that, I feel like considering they they had four Jedi, they could do similarly to what Obi-Wan did to Anakin in the end and just, oh, got under you. Swoop. Gotcha. <laughs> you know? Right. Whereas he just he tunnels at them
1: <laughs> he, he
2: and then kills them roll. like immediately. Yeah. What terrible, like why did Mace Window choose the, the, the most like docile Jedi? to bring along, yeah. Yeah. to arrest potentially the most powerful Sith of your well, we time. Got,
1: we got two, two weirdos we've never seen ever, and then we got yeah. Kit Fisto. And Kit Fisto just, like, dies immediately, and you're like, oh, I wanted to see Kit Fisto do really cool shit, but I guess he's dead now. <laughs>
2: well, there was potential for a really cool, like, a lightsaber duel that would, yeah. that would show the power of... I think it would show more power if he didn't kill them immediately. I think it would be cooler if he, you know, if he fended them off for a bit. Right. Because again, these are, yeah, these are Jedi Masters, so they're not terrible, right? But (laughs) like just to, to, just to literally like zoom over, kill all three of them real quick, and then fight Base Windu for a little bit, it's just like, uh, it's, it's, doesn't have the meat that i would like yeah. to get out of it
0: it doesn't really convey that palpatine's super cool it kind of just makes me feel like those other three jedi just kind of suck,
1: suck. Yeah. exactly
2: yes yeah
0: um and then palpatine gets lightning into old age gross. <laughs> Into
1: it doesn't
2: not even old age him. he gets like fins right yeah, yeah. and as and a lot of inflammation yeah. very, very swelled
1: and he gets like scurvy
0: <laughs> and his it like teeth
1: his, turn yellow his, and fall out.
0: Yeah, it hits his teeth somehow. <laughs> um,
1: now to be fair, I've never been struck by lightning, but I think like <laughs> it's fair to say. Yeah, maybe that, that, that just happens. Happen. I don't
0: know.
2: <laughs> well, yeah, it's just like he looks so much maybe he maybe he had work done. Because he <laughs> yeah. looks a lot he looks a lot better later on. You know, and he's right. not
1: Yeah, well, because he's got. He's not quite
0: so, like, gangly.
2: It looks. It just. You can really tell that there's, like, a film just hanging on his face. Like, there's pus or something in there. (laughs) Right. (laughs) They have to just slough off.
1: He's going to need more than a face mask, I'll tell you that.
0: But, yeah, I think my last. You know, we're at the end of the events of the movie. I think Mm -hmm. that, like. We complain, the culture at large complains so much about the like undue emphasis on politics that the prequels have. But mm-hmm. in this movie, like, I think it really speaks to the strength of the storytelling that there's this whole sequence where they don't let Anakin become a, a Jedi master, they want mm-hmm. him on the council because Palpatine wants him to be his representative. But mm-hmm. the Jedi Council is wary of Palpatine because he's been hoarding power and they're suspicious about it, so they ask him to be a double agent. And Anakin's upset because he only has a like has a seat on the Council for political reasons and he doesn't feel like he earned it outright. And, like, that is still engaging. Like, that stuff mm-hmm. is all politics, but I care about it. Like, mm-hmm. it is the politics are the actual stakes of the story instead of just trying to motivate them, you know? And I think yeah. that is a much is a much better approach to that kind of storytelling than the one that George Lucas was doing in the first two, which was just like, yeah. here's the two halves of this movie. Half of it's fun and half of it is white people talking in a room, you know? Yeah.
1: Well, it's I, I've said this before. It's like, I do think that we needed to talk about the politics of Star Wars because there's something interesting going on in the original trilogy that we just don't. Cover Like, when you say we have the Empire and the Rebellion and, like, we talk about these alliances and stuff without really talking about, like, what that actually means and, like, the actual, like, politics of the Star War that's going on. Right. Like, it's, it's an angle that I think is important and is interesting and, like, I kind of wanted to talk about, but then they just chose to talk about the weirdest parts of it and the most uninteresting parts of it and, like, in the most, like, long-winded and... Like it doesn't affect the story at all. Mm-hmm. Like they just did it ahead. Like right. it was a good idea. Like let's talk about the politics of Star Wars, and then we talked about the Trade Federation for like <laughs> an hour.
2: I think if if it were made more as personal as it is in Revenge of the Sith, it would have been easier to engage with, like it
0: was totally. Then. But yeah. it was
2: much more broad and generally <laughs> and like, useless.
0: You're kind of unsure of the stakes. It's like if the Trade yeah. Federation is gonna do this or that then that means that there'll be unrest in the senate and maybe it'll start a war and you're like
2: it's oh, like listening to people have a geopolitical debate about something that they know a lot about but you don't know a lot about so right. you can't yeah. really form a good opinion on the situation because you just have like these bits and pieces that
1: And you're kind of afraid to say anything or like yeah. ask any questions <laughs> exactly. because they're right. like in the middle of a discussion they're, yeah, they're,
2: they're too far ahead <laughs> It's yeah. too late for you to ask questions because you would look like an idiot. Right. And yeah.
1: so
2: that's basically the whole, yeah.
1: But the people are having the conversation are also using the most uh, racist Japanese accent possible. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> I was going to say, and we made a note of this movie that the, I think Newt Gunray died in Attack of the Clones, but the other racist alien from Phantom Menace shows up at the end, and you can tell that they've made an effort to tone down the racist accent considerably between <laughs> He's the He's just two talking
1: movies. like a regular guy! <laughs>
0: it just goes to show that, like, yeah, no, there was definitely something weird going on there. <laughs> <That> was... <laughs> one, okay,
2: one beef, and, and we've since passed this point, but I want to know your guys' opinion. The, one beef that I have is how Count Dooku dies. Mm. Um... Considering that he knows that Palpatine is Darth Sidious Mm
1: -hmm. Mm -hmm.
2: and he could say something he just looks at him and then dies. Like he doesn't do he doesn't he doesn't say a word.
1: Yeah, like he could bust open the whole plan like right then.
2: Well and he could yeah, exactly. And and I guess that would cause a lot of chaos if if the if the puppet master were to fall. Right. But I also think that that if he if he did that then it would make the I think it would make the fall of everything a lot more interesting because then there would just be complete disarray. Right? right?
0: It would turn the, into like, you know what that would be like? It's like, okay, so like Anakin is is, like, about to kill Count Dooku and Palpatine's, like, do it. And Dooku's, like, Palpatine's Darth Sidious! And they're, like, what? And they're, like, Palpatine's Darth Sidious! And they're, like, what? And then suddenly it just, like, it becomes, like, John Wick 3 or, like, Mad Max Fury Road, <laughs> where, like, the whole movie <laughs> is literally just, like, this extended action sequence. Yes. Of people just, like, trying to, like, save the Republic, you know? Like uh, yeah. Keep things uh, from uh, crumbling.
2: Yeah. Clone units turn on each other C- like, Coruscant <laughs> collapses God buildings are in flames
0: that would rip so hard that, that would so rip good. so hard
2: and then and then, okay I guess that wouldn't that wouldn't do well for the movies that have already happened I no. guess <laughs> Not yet, <for> sure.
1: <laughs> I get why they didn't do that but... I get why
2: they didn't do that but I think it would be it's an inter- in- interesting alternate because then in that storyline C-3PO goes crazy and he becomes—he becomes, he becomes an no absolute war machine. By society. He just no—he just gets up and he shoots Padme right there, and just tears <laughs> through the palace, and it just starts killing.
1: Okay, wait, 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 wait. Does he kill R two D two?
2: No, they have a duel. Oh <laughs> That that would be sick.
1: Gun toting on- versus C
2: three
0: PO. Yeah.
1: No, R two D two has a lightsaber. I cannot specify his Right, email.
0: right. He's got a fully articulated arm that he could use to swing a lightsaber. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. And C3PO has Chewbacca's crossbow laser gun. <laughs>
2: yeah. No, no, R2D2 has to be extra clever cuz it's 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 like it's like light versus dark, right? You have to <laughs> C3PO just uses his insatiable rage against <laughs> <laughs> the, the system that has stopped him from becoming who he wants to be. He just uses yeah. that rage to fuel his- to fuel his- his massacre. Whereas R2-D2 is like, where- where can I strategically put oil so that I can defeat this crazed <laughs> An <oil> monster <laughs> of a robot? See,
1: he goes to shoot at R2-D2 and then R2-D2 uses his jetpack to get out of the way in time That it hits something else and ricochets and it goes straight through C-3PO's glass eyes
2: exactly and then
1: then the evil is defeated
0: and then the series ends
1: Yeah, and then they this has been c-3po a star wars story
0: and then george lucas personally burns all copies of the original star wars movies (laughs) (laughs) no longer canon
1: (laughs) so i mean Oh, go ahead. It's kind of beating a dead horse, but, like, what is Padme even doing in this movie? They do Padme so dirty. <laughs> like, she just doesn't fucking do anything. Yeah. And it's, like, I've heard several theories about how, why Padme dies that I like so much better than she, she said, so she died. Yeah, lo- losing the no will sense. to live,
2: that's cringe. Well, because
1: it's, like, if you're saying that she loses the will to live because Anakin is a bad guy, I'd be, like, okay... That makes sense. But it doesn't make sense after she gives birth and she's handed her children that she's wanted and she loves. And and then she's she's still like, nope, not good enough. I still want to (laughs) die.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Not doing it for me.
1: No. Too little. (laughs) What else you got? Too little too late. Don't care.
0: (laughs) What else you got? Convince me. Another kid? No. No, 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 no.
1: Yeah, is there another baby in there?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Maybe three. Maybe three would do it, but two's not enough. Yeah.
2: (laughs) Sorry, I'm checking out. (laughs) Well, <laughs> I think it would have been, I don't know, like, what if Anakin actually straight up killed her? Yeah. You know, and then they were able to, like, get the babies post-mortem, right. if they were able to, like, get yeah. her to a medical bay fast enough or whatever. I mean, I, pro- I don't really know a lot about how,
1: how that happened, post-mortem childbirth right? works. I think but. that
0: this movie. I don't think this movie would have the courage to do something quite that brutal. You know, sure. yeah. They need the only way to make like the. He death did of...
2: kill a bunch of children.
0: <laughs> <A> <laughs> right. I guess that's I guess, that's, so... <laughs> I guess so that's true.
2: They did do genocide, <laughs> and he killed children. So right. I think they're willing
0: to take yeah. risks. That's fair enough. I guess <laughs> so I'm just saying like... they really want to have that like tender moment between Obi Wan and Padme, where they like look yeah, into each okay. other's eyes, and yeah. she like feels yeah. love before she dies. Yeah. Well,
1: the one that I like that still works with what actually happens in the movie is the idea that like those medical droids are like under uh, Emperor Palpatine's thumb, and they're actually like killing her instead of trying to save her. Oh, I like that one because that makes sense why she dies because she's yeah. not she you, yeah. Like, don't get well, me wrong. There's a lot of like emotional complications with like birth and stuff, but just like she's sad, so she died. It's just so dumb. <laughs> right. and well, so or, they could, and
2: or they could or they could have been like oh, she was force-choked and unconscious for a while on a burning planet, yeah. and she has babies, so yeah, she so died because anyone would die. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> Because sometimes you just die. That it's just not a, it's Yeah, it's not about
2: having the will to live. It's about just not being able to do that anymore.
0: Anakin just punches Padme in the chest and she dies like Harry Houdini. <laughs>
1: <laughs> can you imagine? That was not a comparison. I was, thought I was going to hear that.
2: <laughs> I just picture him looking at her and getting angry and like looking over at Obi-Wan and looking back at her and just a real quick... Like right, up, like, right up close, just BAM! Right in the chest, and then he starts walking <laughs> towards Obi-Wan to fight him. Like a just Bruce like,
0: Lee one-inch punch.
2: Y- exactly, just <laughs> dispense of the woman, and then go to attack <laughs> Obi-Wan.
0: I do, okay, I do want to stick up for Padme a little bit in this, because on the one hand, it's true. Like, mechanically, she doesn't have a lot to do with the proceedings besides to just be a meat sack Lo-fi for two hip-hop. babies. Um yeah. But, like... At the same time, like, you are emotionally connected to her and her experience, you know? Yeah. It's, and maybe that is a low bar to clear in any other movie, but in this trilogy, it's like <laughs> the story, you know, we were goofing on, like, Anakin and Padme, Padme being sad in their apartment, but, like, the stuff where they're sad in their apartment works. Like, it's, like it, a very, it's emotionally it's Well, and it's a affecting. very
2: real, it's a real emotional thing. It's not yeah. like, oh, I'm struggling with whether or not I should be a Sith Lord or a Jedi, it's like, I don't want my wife to die in childbirth.
0: Right.
1: Yeah.
2: You know?
0: And it's like, so yeah, I'm more forgiving of the fact that, like, Padme doesn't physically do a lot besides the fact that it's like one of the only times in this entire trilogy that I cared about anybody. Yeah.
2: Also, well, I, I guess, what can she do, though? Because she is pregnant.
1: Is pregnant, yeah. <laughs> I think it's just whiplash from the movie before when she's doing a lot. Yeah. And then suddenly in this movie she's doing nothing. It just really makes the fact that she's doing nothing feel like out of character. Like, yeah. It, like yeah, she is pregnant. She can't do a lot, but, you know, so. Yeah. Isn't that when she's, like, getting her... She's like shooting stuff, and and she's in the droid factory, and she's getting her top cut in half by a lizard <laughs> man. Like stuff's happening. She's doing things. Yeah. At the very least, she's doing and things. She just
2: she just needed a break, right?
1: Yeah, that's she's true. like, I'm gonna I'm gonna take I'm gonna have some babies just for the leave of absence, and that's we're, it. We're gonna
2: head out. We're gonna yeah, just kind of gonna chill out for. We're gonna a bit.
1: get a paid vacation. Well, and then,
0: then she gets killed by and then she dies um okay so i feel like so we've been recording for uh about 90 minutes the the upper limit of what we typically try to keep this podcast to Mm um how do you guys have any like final last minute thoughts before i before i play us out
2: um uh vader stepping off of his thing is one of the worst and least <laughs> compelling things that I think I've ever seen in a film, ever.
1: It's like, no. no. like No, I think that's yeah, good. Like, You're the only person who likes that, Jackson. Everyone think, else thinks stupid. Okay. I think,
0: think it would work thing. better if it were Hayden Christensen's voice as opposed to James Earl Jones's. Yes. Yeah, but whatever. Yes,
2: but also think of, like, there's, he, there isn't, he just like clicks off, even though he was literally just sewn together from being a burning corpse, and there's no pain there's just no right he should (laughs) be like he should like collapse and be screaming right yeah because like just going oh no i killed my (laughs) wife and i'm a i'm a sith lord now no (laughs) like that doesn't scream right i was just cut in half by my best friend and i killed my wife (laughs) and i and i brought imbalance like yeah you know
1: like you want him to just, like, completely, like, collapse it on himself and just start, like, screaming. Like, and then having, like, him, like, destroying the stuff around him is pretty yeah. compelling. When he yeah. rips his hands off the bed, it's just a little bit too Frankenstein for me. <laughs> right. But, like, well, and
2: in- What if he if he would have destroyed things more? Because the thing is, he destroys things just by being angry, right? Things start to like blow up. But if he like if he like ripped himself off and just like whipped out a lightsaber and just started like bashing things and cutting things apart, that would make a lot more sense. But him just taking one two step, uh, it's just like so (laughs) lame. It's so lame.
1: If it were me, I would probably. Jackson told me it had been a grip (laughs) since I'd seen. Revenge of the Sith and so Jackson told me that that was the last shot of the movie (laughs) and like can you imagine how much of just the absolute worst that would be if that was the last shot of the movie before A New Hope (laughs) (laughs) it would
0: be like no no No, if it were me I would have it still be Hayden Christensen's voice for one thing because first of all Hayden Christensen's voice is super expressive especially in this Uh, movie yeah and also having it immediately become James Earl Jones it, like is this weird disconnect that takes you out of the moment like instantly. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: it's so it's like cartoony. And yeah.
0: I think having it be a different voice that is the character we know so well would make it feel uniquely like real that he is a burned corpse inside of a yeah. permanent casket, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like if you just like turned on, you could hear his like wet breathing and he's like, No, mm-hmm. You'd be like fuck, <laughs> like yeah. yeah. It'd be
2: it'd be scary too. It'd be like oh my yeah. gosh, he's like this is final, right? Whereas right. it yeah. just seems like because also when he get he he seems so used to it, like oh, it, right. and like you can he, tell he, that it's like oh look, it's Darth Vader getting off of getting out of bed and screaming. <laughs> <Yeah>. It's <laughs> right. not like Good morning, Darth oh Vader. this is you know this is Anakin's first time being in his tomb, you know, <laughs> right. in which he will yeah. commit crimes against the galaxy for years right gonna
1: kill a bunch more babies
2: yeah well yeah there's nothing there's no expression of that at all it's just like oh there's vader
0: and that yeah there's no transition (laughs) right um also the the panel with like buttons and switches on his chest gets more and more embarrassing with every passing year i feel like (laughs) That's, yeah, that's a good point. I want, I want I just someone... to
1: like. I want to see him like flip them. <laughs> yeah, I want to
0: know what they do. Yeah, why
2: doesn't he? Why doesn't he use them at all?
1: <laughs> what if they're what just, just like?
0: They? What if they're just like a voice changer, and he like flips them, and he like turns <laughs> it turns into a chipmunk or like a robot? Just soundboard. Or, or, <laughs> picture, <laughs>
2: yeah. picture this. Picture this. He 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 clicks off. He does the no in James Earl Jones' voice, and then he he's like, oh, or he like starts it, and he's like, oops, and then he slips. He switches. <laughs> And then he does it in (laughs) a voice. (laughs) He
0: he forgets that he had his voice changer on. (laughs) Okay, so... Do you guys want to hear a five-star review of Revenge of the Sith?
1: I do. Alright.
0: So, this review comes from Letterboxd.com. This person gives this movie five stars. They say, The greatest film ever made by the sexiest man to ever walk the earth. Uh, Wow. That's...
1: (laughs) (laughs) Wait.
0: <laughs> anyway, my name is Jackson McMurray. What is name is Alan McMurray. <laughs> my name is Elliot McGuire. <laughs> and this has been No Nerds Allowed.
1: <laughs> Wait, hold on. Is there is there a community that thinks George Lucas is <laughs> attractive? I'm
0: just I'm just distracted by looking at George Lucas and realizing how unattractive. Why aren't you Why not you want why don't you wanna take off your clothes and get on the bed? <laughs>
1: There's no underwear in space. <laughs> <laughs> God, the, cool.
0: the band the band in the cantina scene, they play music that's called Jizz, and I uh, speaking of Jizz <laughs> 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 Why don't you me up and <laughs>